I supposed to welcome people every time? I don't know. I'm sorry, just can't get over The podcast is already wearing on me. I'm like, welcome, I guess. Is this fine? Taylor's at the end of her rope this week. As we said on the last episode, it has been a parent trap week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I wanted to say, because I don't think I said this on the last episode. Uh, somebody wrote in about the fact that them and their friends would like pick theme songs when I think they were in like middle school, but it's fine. (laughs) Middle school forever (laughs) to like play in their heads when they were walking around. So they felt like the main character and I loved it so much. So I think people should email or DM their theme songs. Oh, I would love to hear those. I would love to hear those. And then maybe we can make a playlist or something (gasps) because that would make me so happy. Can we play songs on the podcast or is that an issue? For like 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's that's just enough. enough. Yeah, that's just enough. That's enough to get a taste. Um, <laughs> Brianna got us these sweatshirts and I love it so much. We picked different ones. Yeah. Uh, I obviously picked anxious. What were the options again? First off, plug plug the small business you ordered them from. See the way I see. Found her on TikTok. Not an ad. We just like these sweatshirts. Love it so much. Already posted about it on Instagram. Love it. Um, so they she has three of these specific ones that keep getting sold out. So I was on, I was ready, I had my alarm set. I was I was getting it for us this time. She has overthinker, which I have on, anxious, which you have on, and emotional. And on the sleeve. They have little things too. Oh yeah, my sleeve. I can't see it now, so it can't really help me while I'm wearing it. Oh no, I found it. It's over here. Persevere, guys. It says this too shall pass. Yes. Mine says breathe in and breathe out. Oh, wait, you have something on each arm? No, I think on oh. that one you have it on your uh, forearm right there, and I I have it. This I don't know what the emotional one says. Either way, I have a sweatshirt that's now literally helping me get through life. <laughs> I love that. Do they come yeah. in different colors? Yes. There was like a, a, a I love pinky, the sage one. And she also has so many other things. They just have like so cute. stickers and rings. And oh, you should absolutely go there and check it out if you're a saddie. So fun. I will probably wear this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very on brand for me. Um, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, how is this not like my merch? Right. Quite frankly. <laughs> It's so weird having merch now, like on tour, because I don't feel like I've ever had the self-esteem to have merch. But then once you go on a theater tour, your team is like, you have to have merch. Right. And you're kind of like, why? (laughs) But they're like, people want merch. Right. And there is like, there's like a shirt and a sweatshirt I like. We have like a candle. Um, That's about a joke I do. So, (laughs) you know, we did a jacket because I wanted a jacket. Oh, yeah. But uh, it took a couple tries. Like the first jacket, I was like, well, I don't like this quality. <laughs> and then we got another one. I think it's way better now. Yeah. Um, that just says deal with it on the back for the tour. Aww. So that's nice. But it's so cool to find people who make stuff that's like high quality and cute that you actually want to wear. Absolutely. Yeah. The reviews for this are great. You can just tell. I could tell by looking on the picture I was online. I was like, this is going to be a comfortable sweater. Yeah. Or crew neck or whatever you want to call it. Well, you don't always know online. Sometimes pictures are misleading. Yeah. Um, Also, there was somebody on Twitter that sent, I need a jacket that says, that says, sad bitch, 
and I'll wear it on Tuesdays. And I was like, someone needs to get on to making this for us. I'm sure you can find a jacket that says sad bitch on it. I'm sure that's been spoken into existence somewhere. <laughs> the internet has everything. I'm sure it's out there. I Oh, did we have a segment that was something like seeing fucked up shit in the city? I don't... I can't oh. remember any of our segments. Yeah, I don't really remember the it. name for that, but... Yeah, we had something where we were like the craziest thing we've seen this week or something. Yeah, but I just didn't always have an answer. Yeah. On my way here, this isn't really like a crazy thing, but I saw somebody like fall in the street. Oh no. And I couldn't tell if she just tripped or if she like fainted, but it was one of those things where like there were a lot of people mm. around her and like I, I think she might've been in a group. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, I think she's fine. But it was like went down hard enough that like everybody turned around wow which i think in new york city is that's sort of rare yeah so i think she went down pretty hard and everybody was kind of like do we should we all <laughs> stop but it was like in the middle of a crosswalk oh so i think she might have tripped yeah but there's nothing worse than tripping in no. the middle of a crosswalk <laughs> in new york city no. just swallow me whole <laughs> earth like i <laughs> I can't do it. I remember I tripped really hard like a year ago in a rich neighborhood in LA. Like I think I had oh. gone for a walk in an area I didn't live. That's you ever do that? You ever go to like a rich area and just like walk around going like, oh, some people live in fairy tale houses. That's cute. <laughs> yes. Maybe I was looking at Christmas lights. I don't remember why. <laughs> But there were only two other people near me. They were like, you know, on the opposite corner. And I went down so hard, oh. like messed up my knee. And I just had to get up and walk it off like I was fine. But it was so <laughs> bad because they were like, are you OK? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm so fine. Bad. I'm like bleeding through my <laughs> pants. Like oh my it was so bad. That's horrible. It's really horrible. I resent rom-coms for making tri <laughs> tripping look adorable. Because it's pretty traumatic, honestly, if there are witnesses. Yeah, especially if you go all the way down. Because today I tripped, but I like stumbled. And yeah, even you that, saved it. Yeah, I saved it. But if you save it, you're like, I'm a superhero. <laughs> there's one guy walking in front of us. And I was like, well, he's going to be thinking about this all day long. Like, I couldn't let it go out of my head. I was like, you've made a fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah, which he doesn't care. Nobody 100%. cares. We just feel like people care. Nobody cares about us. It's just like, I don't know. I, I feel the same way when oh. I'm, and look, I've been talking about that woman right now <laughs> on camera, but she went, I'm like concerned about her. Well, yeah, I wasn't like, different. what an idiot. I was like, did she faint? Like, did something Walk. bad happen? But she had enough people helping her that I was like, okay, I think she's fine. Yeah. But when you see something like that, you also feel bad just leaving. Right. But you're kind of like, at what point am I contributing to a mob? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Am I helping or hurting? Yeah, like I think there's enough people here. Um cuz if I if I fainted in the street and I woke up to like 50 people standing around me, I would freak out. Yeah. That would not 
Absolutely. That would not be helpful for me. Uh, I think I've told this story in the podcast, but I tripped once when I was trying to wear cute shoes after I first moved here and like scraped my knee and everything. Mm-hmm. And three regular New York people just ran over to help me right afterwards. And I was like, see, that's nice. It's kind of shitty, but sometimes this place is really nice because it's just made up of nice people that are busy. <laughs> right. Nice people that are busy. <laughs> Not all of them, obviously, but there's there there's there's so many transplants. Like I'm from Ohio, like that yeah. guy who wrote in who was like, Ohio is a nice place to be from. I get that because you kind of are raised with some compassion and empathy and you know, able Groundbreaking. to connect with people (laughs) empathy compassion (laughs) versus here if you're just raised here it's just like oh i don't care i'm yeah busy you're like i've seen some fucked up shit right exactly but then if you grew up here you're like very willing to give directions (laughs) but not care about anyone (laughs) exactly you're like i don't care if you live or die but i will tell Tell you you. (laughs) where the l train is (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh god i uh (laughs) um i'm still feeling very overwhelmed we have a guest later today that i'm excited about so that'll be next week um it was very it's very nice out today it's like it's crazy to me that now i'm like 45 degrees (laughs) score that was so warm it was 45 it's sunny sun we're sunglasses here it's beautiful yep and i like took off my coat it's just the right amount of like being able to walk and not get too crazy you still get warm but it's like with the sun and it's 45 it's still kind of chilly yeah walking here is is so nice this morning i was like oh these are it almost tricks you into being like oh spring and it's like no no (laughs) no 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 still february it is early february don't get excited do not get excited. I saw a TikTok last night that was somebody going, yes, winter here sucks. Winter New York sucks. But you get to be miserable in New York. Like, you get to be in the winter in New York. He's like, you could be doing this in, like, Connecticut. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Yeah. True story. I mean, there are worse places to experience winter. That's for sure. If you're going yeah. to have to experience winter... <laughs> And I know that I'm whatever. I'm a California person who grew up without snow. So I'm like, you guys, you don't have to live like this. <laughs> There's so many places that don't get this cold. But my uh, my best friend who's staying with me right now, um, I'm like, please don't leave. <laughs> she was in the Peace Corps for a couple years. Oh, wow. And I was like, how cold did it get where you were again? And she went to Kyrgyzstan and she was mm-hmm. like, Oh, like negatives. And I was like, what? She goes, she goes like below zero. It's all the same. Oh, God. Like, I would never. I guess at a certain point, yeah, you just go, it's cold. Like, yeah. If it's zero or anything less, it's just fucking cold. I mean, I will say my outfits don't change very much once you hit like 28. Mm -hmm. Like, there's only so much I can do. Right. Like, at that point, I'm wearing two long sleeve heat tech and a coat and like two leggings and multiple pairs of socks. And at a certain point, you're like, I can't put any more things on my body. (laughs) So we're either warm or we're not. Right. Like, I don't want to go outside. I went to Omaha last weekend and it was seven when I landed. 
And I was like, is this Seven. a joke? Is this? Seven. Is the weather app doing a bit? <laughs> Seven? <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. We should get to some emails because there's, again, so many. Mm-hmm. This one says, a huge thank you. Hi, Taylor and Brianna. I've never written to a podcast before, but have been so struck by the relevance of this one that I just couldn't not. So sorry (laughs) if it's kind of rambling. Thank you for creating this awesome place for all of us who are sad in our cities to feel better. We get a lot of emails that start off with, I've never done this before. I know. It's so strange. Yeah. Like like people, people email our podcast like how i would have casual sex like (laughs) i've never i've never done this before (laughs) but there's something about you (laughs) i grew up in ohio about half hour from louisville in a small town called hartville a lot of people from ohio writing in Mm -hmm. and moved to new york city to be an actor just like everyone else (laughs) i'm taking classes at an acting conservatory and working full-time to make everything work I'm struggling to make friends and find a niche because when I'm not at school, I'm working and vice versa. Everyone already seems to have their group picked out and I sometimes feel like a jellyfish floating away. Oh, <laughs> that's that's so much cuter than when I said I feel like a ghost. <laughs> jellyfish just feels cuter yes. and more hopeful. Then <laughs> I'm like, I feel dead. Oh, God. I'm going to say I feel like a jellyfish floating away now. There we go. That's so sad and sweet. <laughs> In the first six weeks I lived here, my apartment had a gas leak that forced us to evacuate at 1 a.m. My partner was let go from his job via text. Oh, my gosh. My cat died and I spent three days in the hospital. I think New York really wants me to leave. I felt and still feel guilty that I'm not having the amazing New York experience, all caps, everyone wants me to have, and I see my school friends having. There are days that are absolutely amazing, but there are also a lot of days that feel like garbage can water. (laughs) So thank you both so much for helping me understand and acknowledge that feeling. I really appreciate hearing you both talk about your struggles. It makes me more comfortable and confident in dealing with my own. I do love New York, at least when it isn't trying to kill me. And I'm learning that having saddy days are just as valuable as having great ones. You're both bringing so much joy to so many. I can't wait to keep listening. Thank you, Kelsey. That was so nice. That that makes me feel way better, too. Yeah. It really does. Hearing people say, like, I feel like this city is trying to make me leave. Yeah. I've had so many days like that especially when I was moving here. I was like, everything about this is hard and maybe I fucked up, (laughs) but you can always leave, but it really does feel like you have to give it some time, like any place, but especially New York is so overwhelming. LA was like that too. Like I did not feel like LA wanted me there when Mm -hmm. I first got there and I moved away for a minute and then moved back because I just couldn't, I just couldn't feel, I felt like a jellyfish floating away. I felt so lonely and out of place. And I was like, I just don't like it here. Right. And now I love it. So, (laughs) and we had to take a break, me and LA. (laughs) And sometimes it's all you need. Yeah. I related to the, if the city is like trying to kill me apart. I know. Keep us posted, Kelsey. If you start liking it, that's a crazy first week to have in the city. That sucks. I mean, that's a bad week anywhere. Right. I mean, they're firing people over text. I've never had a job, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, that still isn't normal. That's crazy. That's weird, right? That's so weird. 
Yeah. When people I, tell me crazy work stories, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you went in at 8 a.m.? They're like, that's not the crazy part. I'm like, oh. It gets worse? It gets worse. All right. This one says, a thank you from the UK. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Brianna. I've been wanting to message for a few weeks now and finally growing the balls to just say something. So, hi. <laughs> I also wanted to say thank you to you both as listening to the pod has really allowed me to accept how I'm feeling and encouraged me to seek out counseling for some childhood trauma shit that I've been suppressing. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm on the wait list, so hopefully not waiting too long, but wanted to thank you for your words and support and understanding of how fucked up our generation is. Nice to know you're not alone in the hall of existential dread. <laughs> On a cheerier note, currently listening to episode nine and talking about the Ollivander show at Universal, just before COVID hit in January 2020, my partner and I managed to go to Orlando to celebrate our five-year anniversary. Oh, <laughs> and whilst there, I was in full Hufflepuff gear. <laughs> I will not accept any Hufflepuff bashing. We're wonderful people. You're all lucky to have us as friends. <laughs> <laughs> nobody said otherwise <laughs> i'm talking hufflepuffs are the best people we all know that i'm talking house t-shirt yellow hoodie hufflepuff cap the whole shebang and guess which motherfucker got picked and a wand chosen for them this guy <laughs> not gonna lie wandering around with my own wand and doing all the tricks was a fucking delight <laughs> So next time you go, if you want to be chosen for the show, I recommend looking like you're easy to market products to <laughs> slash borderline obsessed with a fictional novel. <sighs> Apologies for the long messages. But again, thank you for being around to give a voice to those who don't know how to convey what they're feeling. Aww. Love and support from across the pond, Tim. That is so funny. Damn. I've never I've never met an adult that got picked for that show. No. I've only talked to people who are like, they picked a kid. I'm so furious. <laughs> but that does make yeah. sense that they would pick somebody who's decked out. Right, right. Because they're like, well, this person will buy the wand we assigned them. Because <laughs> yes. I don't think they give you the wand if they pick you. I have no idea. You still idea. have to buy it, I think. I would imagine. Yeah. They're not just going to give away a wand. Yeah. They're they they try profit. to pick a rich kid, <laughs> generally. Yeah. Also, if you spent all that money on all the gear, they they probably, yeah, it's probably an easy target to zero in on yeah yeah <laughs> there were a couple of comments on tiktok uh <laughs> that were talking about oh my cousin got picked we were there together my cousin <gasps> got picked or my sister got picked and i'm like oh so close oh that would Ollivanders just like push up. breaking up families <laughs> <sighs> i really i do i would be down to just see the show though mm. i think that would be cool a show it's like a little presentation show is a strong word i think Again, I haven't been in there. I'm entertained. <laughs> I mean, okay. This one is just titled episode six. Hi, Brianna and Taylor. I just listened to episode six and I wanted to share a simple insight that's taken me 39 years to understand well enough. Ooh. I noticed that you did something that I've done many times. You shared your true feelings and then you took it all right back at the end thinking that's perspective. Have you heard of... Gabor Mate? Am I saying that right? Mm, sure. G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. Hmm. He's known as the lead researcher on childhood trauma and addiction. When he talks to groups, he asks people to raise their hand if they ever had the experience where they knew something wasn't right for them and they ignored it and wished they had listened. That's your intuition, he says, and that's disconnection from yourself. It has always reminded me of something Amanda Knox said about her experience, that one of the worst things you can do to a person is make them doubt themselves. So Brianna, space in a bigger apartment may not be 
an inner value of your partner's, but it is clearly one of yours. That's not only okay, but absolutely ordained by life or else it wouldn't be coming through you so powerfully. It could be that hardwood floors make you feel connected to nature and grounded, and that's important to you. It's not about the floor. It's about you. Taylor, no, you're not being a baby. Go and get yourself winter goggles. Take it from a born Canadian from Toronto, (laughs) which basically has the same weather as NYC. I've never gotten used to it, and I feel all the same things you describe about daylight and wind chill. Have you heard of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way and Morning Pages? The idea is you write a few pages as soon as you wake up when you're out of your own way. You get to be as positive or as negative as you want, say anything you want, and it's completely private. So the simple insight I first mentioned is to think inner and move towards becoming clear within yourself. Albert Einstein said this, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it's stupid. (laughs) If you begin to see yourself this way as your own creature, as part of nature, as an intelligence that's useful to you, you won't look anywhere else. Thank you both. I think it's Tennille. Did I read this one already? Mm -mm, I didn't for sure. I must have just read it on my own. Right. Um, I did read The Artist's Way we talked about that on self-helpless like that was like one of our first episodes oh, wow. and i bought her next one too i think it's called a walk in the woods i don't know if i finished it but julia cameron's great um if you are a creative person or you want to be a creative person highly recommend the artist's way mm-hmm. uh, morning pages are helpful when i do morning pages are just journaling like we have morning pages are journaling <laughs> it's a good thing but let's not rebrand journaling <laughs> Um, but I think it is helpful to frame it that way. It was like, it's stream of consciousness. There's no judgments on it. And sometimes journaling is, there's like a lot of pressure on it. Maybe mm-hmm. because so many people's journals get published eventually, yeah. or they like use them in documentaries about their lives or something. And so you, you do sort of feel this like underlying pressure to write well. Yeah. But morning pages feel a little more disposable. I used to buy really nice journals thinking I would write in them. And then I didn't want to disrespect the journal with my bullshit thoughts or like my bad handwriting. So I wouldn't use them because they were too nice. Yeah. And then I realized I had to like kind of like find a halfway point. Where I'm like, this is a nice journal, but not so nice that I'll be intimidated by it. <laughs> but it's nice enough that I like writing in it. So yeah, morning pages are good. Yeah, I really struggle with intuition. I really struggle with trusting myself and like listening to your gut. Um, I I think a lot of people talk about this, about how hard it is to differentiate between your anxiety and your intuition. Sure. Because it all feels the same. And the answer that I've seen the most is that your gut is just like a calm knowledge. Mm. Like just something where you go, okay, even if it's hard, you're like, I just know this. Right. Whereas anxiety feels like, <gasps> like it feels very like sudden and sure. fear-based. And like high stakes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel like you're good at trusting yourself or your gut? Yeah. And it's, you do feel like you are. I, I, I do feel like that now. I wasn't always like that. Um, I'm always so scared of doing the wrong thing or yeah. of being labeled as like someone who doesn't try. So I go above and beyond to try and like negate that at all times. And I never had a position or a role or a job where 
I'm in charge. Like I always took my direction from corporate down, you know, to wherever I was. So when we started the business, it's all day, every day of being like, you make the choice. You decide what this is. You, me. Yeah. <laughs> Even back then, I was trying to be like anybody else. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just, it was us. And we, I had to learn how to just say something and, and stick to it. Even if it wasn't wrong and it turned out to be wrong later, at least if I could be introspective and figure out why it was wrong and what I could do to help with that stuff in the future. Um, and it has just been four years, coming up on five years of daily having to make decisions. Yeah. Quick, trust your gut. What does it say? Keep it moving. Yeah. And that is the only thing that has helped me because any other of my positions in life, I was a backseat passenger, you know, to everything. So that's the only reason why things have really come to this point where I feel like I'm pretty good at being able to be like, it's not the right call. And then just move forward. Yeah. I think I'm good at it with work stuff. And even that took a long time. I used to just say yes to everything. And for a while in comedy, you have to do that to get to a place where you're good enough to have an actual career. But it is a hard transition to make when you realize that you are doing this professionally and you can say no to things and you don't have to do absolutely everything. And in fact, you can't do absolutely everything because you will burn out. And it took me burning out in a pretty big way a few times (laughs) to realize that it wasn't worth it and it sucks that i had to sort of like hit rock bottom in a way for that to happen but you just realize that if you push yourself too hard you're gonna have to cancel things later on because you physically or mentally can't do it so it's better to just say no to things up front so you're not canceling last minute you are just turning stuff down that you don't have the bandwidth for. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm better at it than other times. I think <laughs> listening to my gut in like my personal life is a little harder. I don't think I'm as good about that. But otherwise, I think I'm pretty decisive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think in relationships historically, I'm pretty bad at it. I think I doubt myself a lot and that's the result of certain relationships I've been in where people have like lied to me for a long time. Right. Um, So I think after stuff like that, you're, you're like, well, I should have trusted myself when I thought this or that was going on and I didn't and I was wrong. But then you're like, but now am I just messed up because that one thing happened? Like my background on my phone is my sister holding up her phone background <laughs> which says uh make sure it's so good i took a picture with it be careful when carrying your old feelings into new experiences mm. but i do think like a couple bad experiences whether it's that you made a career decision and it didn't pan out or you made a dating decision that didn't pan out that can really shake your confidence and make it hard for you to trust yourself. Um, and I think therapy is really helpful with that. And just being kind to yourself and just forgiving yourself for making the wrong call on stuff. Yeah. Because I never really do that with career things. There's like a couple things I've done in my career where I was like, I just shouldn't have done that. I didn't need to. I knew I didn't want to. I did it because people told me I should. And I could have just avoided that. But there's also nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. So what's the point of beating myself up for it? And if you just come away from everything 
going, well, I learned something and I, if at worst case scenario, I learned that I should have trusted my gut. Right. Because it is easy to feel stupid. I, I feel stupid and embarrassed when I think something is not right mm-hmm. and I ignore it and then I end up being right. Right. That's like humiliating when yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't think this is the right choice for me. But what the fuck do I know? And then I barrel ahead. And then however it turns out, I'm like, oh, I didn't need to do this. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Do you know how before starting therapy, uh, I wasn't sure how to act and react in, you know, a, a, a romantic relationship because I had never had a successful one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... I was so confused about, I was like, well, then, so was it me? Was it them? Was it our past? Was it a combo effect? Was it just not the right fit? Yeah. You second guess everything. So um, someone had written out about like, tell us about what things in relationships. No, because nobody can tell you about a relationship because it's so unique to the two people and or more that are in it. Yeah. And nobody could give you just general advice that's going to work every single time for every single situation. That's why yeah. I'm never that person that's like, oh, let me tell you about this because it's not always going to work with different people. Um, so I, I totally hear what you're saying there. In work, I feel a little bit more secure in making my decisions. But in my personal life, I have put some people through the ringer uh, with my reactions or non-reactions or the way I handled things or just sitting on something when I should have spoken up. I think life is just that. It's making all your mistakes either one way or the other and then trying hopefully not to make them again in the future. Yeah. But. Yeah. You're like, I just won't touch the stove again. It was really hot. (laughs) You know, like I made so many comedy decisions Mm. and I took so many jobs that I was like, oh, I didn't have to do that. But I'm I'm glad that I did because now I have valuable perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. That I wouldn't have had otherwise. And also people are always asking like, what's your worst gig? And you're like, well, now I have that answer, I guess. (laughs) If nothing, you have a story. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let me do another one here. Okay. This one's called New Kid. Hi, Taylor and Brianna. Love the podcast. I was listening to the pod while working from home and the episode of you talking about kids and moving, I could not help but laugh out loud at my desk. I grew up in a military family and for me, moving was a second language to me. It got so routine moving to another city, being the new kid. When I look back at my childhood, it almost feels like a dream because I have been to so many schools. I counted once with my sister I think we went to 23 different schools. My older brother even had to move for his upcoming senior year of high school. Can you imagine? I went to three different high schools. That wasn't much fun either. Moving around wasn't all bad. It taught me how to adapt to different people, places, and situations. As I'm getting older, I'm 24, (laughs) I am finding it harder and harder to figure out who I really am because it is so easy to adapt to the people around me. It's also hard not seeing people as temporary. I know you were on the road for work a lot and meet lots of people as a stand-up comedian. Do you find yourself having the same issue? Love you both. That's from Skylar. Oh my gosh. I I moved a few times when I was a kid. I moved a couple times in elementary school and then I moved at the beginning of middle school, which was rough. I cannot imagine being a military kid. That sounds so hard. And I know that 
I've heard this from a lot of people who are military kids. Like they're so good at making new friends and just like being comfortable in a situation. But then they'll talk about how it's hard for them to get close to people because they're just so used to it being over. Um, This is not the same thing. But when I was a kid, besides moving, after my mom died, my dad got remarried and they started working together and he was suddenly they were both my dad and myself i'm working like seven days a week all day mm. and my mom my real mom had been like a stay-at-home mom and so we went from like having a parent at home all the time to either me watching my siblings who were like all like under eight years old mm. or um we'd have like a babysitter or like a nanny i guess which was usually a woman in her 20s which now i'm like yikes (laughs) like i used to think they were so much more together and then i got to be like 23 and i was like bitch someone my age was watching me and that's a very temporary job like a after school nanny babysitter whatever that is a job for girls in their 20s who are taking a gap year and i like developed relationships with all these women and got really close to them and they became a constant in my life and then all of them left really abruptly Mm. so they would get fired or they would quit and it was usually like because they wanted to have a baby or they were getting married or (laughs) you know they my parents decided to fire them like it was just and it was always so sudden and i realized as an adult that um i was breaking up with people around like the year Mm. mark Mm. because and i thought it was like oh well it's been a year that's like normally when you know but i'm like oh i think it might be because of that i think it might be that once i start getting comfortable with somebody i go well they're gonna go like Mm -hmm. they're gonna be gone whether they want to be or not and then also you have a dead mom you're just like there's a lot of reasons why you just are uncomfortable getting close to people Mm. Um, so that's the only thing that I could relate to that, but being a military, that moving around every year of high school sounds so hard. And yeah, I don't know how you would learn how to get close to people. Like that's a, that's a therapy thing. Like that's the only way I worked through that stuff is I was like, I just have to go to therapy and I have to push through those feelings and fear of abandonment and just understand that like. It's also okay that not everybody's in your life forever. Mm-hmm. Like you saying, like, it's hard for me to not see people as temporary. Some people are, and that's okay. That's fine. A lot of people will only be in your life for a certain amount of time. And it doesn't mean it wasn't the right choice or it wasn't a great decision at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're if you're having trouble seeing anybody as like a permanent fixture in your life, which makes total sense given your childhood... That is really tough. And yeah, I feel the same way as an adult being on the road so much. Even with people I consider close friends, it's really easy for me to look for reasons why we're not actually that close or maybe Mm. they don't actually like me or, you know, if we lose touch for a little while, I'm like, well, maybe we're just not friends anymore. Like, that's fine. Like, I get it. People move on. And really, it's just that a lot of adult friendship is an ebb and flow of how much you talk to people Mm -hmm. because with how much i travel it's not like i have like a group of friends 
because I also like commuted to college and I didn't finish and like I had an interesting college experience. So I don't have like a, a group of people. I have uh, a collection mm-hmm. of people that I generally see like one at a time because <laughs> yeah. that's what my social anxiety can <laughs> handle. And uh, yeah, I think it. I, I totally relate to this. It's hard for me to get close to people also. What I will say is I am not good at adapting to any situation. So in that way, your trauma has benefited you. <laughs> um, I wish that I was better at like just fitting into any situation and making friends and being comfortable like that is a pretty amazing skill that you know you have um and so you just have to get over that emotional block of letting other people get close to you because i'm sure lots of people like you and want to be close to you yeah uh i i'm i would be interested if they have a similar uh issue as i do when you moved a lot as a kid, that's a different type of move than I did. It was always within the same general area, but just never stayed in any one place um, for more than a lease renewal because we usually got kicked out. Uh, I have a hard time staying in one place mm-hmm. up until this day. And then um, that transfers into other areas of my life as well. Um, this yeah. job has been the only thing that I've kept for this amount of time. Yeah. My relationship is the only thing that has lasted that amount of time because before any of this, it was just, I needed constant change. And, and yeah, about that like year to two and a half year mark, I, that whole time I'm starting to think about it. Then it's a real thing. And then it's the process of like, okay, looking into another place or another job. Um, so I'd be interested if that's like a symptom of what they've went through too. Yeah. It's crazy that even when you know you didn't like something about your childhood, it's still what's familiar and comfortable to you. So you just recreate that as an adult and you don't even realize you're like, well, I'm just doing it for these reasons. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm aware that I'm doing something because of a childhood pattern, I said that to my therapist, I don't know, six months ago, maybe where I was like, I know I'm doing this because I'm trying to heal something similar from my childhood but what if it works? (laughs) And she was like, I mean, okay. Like, I don't even think she was like, it's not going to. She was just like, all right. Yeah. If you think that will be helpful. (laughs) But I really felt that way at the time. I was like, yeah, but if I can, what if it, what if it works? What if it works? What if the outcome's different? But (laughs) the problem is it usually isn't. And it's you just going, this is what I know, but it takes a lot for, so I know a lot of my friends have that. A lot of my friends have different childhood traumas and for years in their 20s, particularly, said you're 24, were just kind of stuck in that mindset and recreating that. Yeah. And then something happened where they met somebody or got a new job or moved to a place and their life was really different and they realized how much better it was for them. And they were like, oh, I'm never going back. I'm never going back to how I thought about things or approached things before. Yeah. So, you know, I hope, keep us posted. I hope everybody keeps us posted. Yes. I, I want, like, I'm so invested in all of these. Oh, <laughs> uh, The listeners are too, because after you read Morgan's email, everybody's oh, like, yeah. drop her handle. Where can we find Morgan? I know. Morgan was amazing. <laughs> Everyone's amazing. Of but... course. Okay. 
This one is called Life Planning Discussion on the Pod. Mm -hmm. Hey, Taylor and Brianna. I was listening and have been loving your new podcast. I'm a big fan and I'm excited to see you next month in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's this weekend. Yay. (laughs) Your discussion the other week, episode six, about envying people who just know what they want slash want to make want to do made me think about my own life course where i live has been basically the only thing i've planned out that's worked for me i moved away for undergrad and hated it there so much the whole time small city in upstate pa too many mullets and racists for my taste first time that i ever had a horrible time trying to make friends too i have less than a handful of friends that i made from back then I moved back to not far away from where I grew up after undergrad ended, suburbs of Philly, and in 2020, moved a little further northwest, closer to work, away from the city. I'm just content where I live. I like it here. We're close to the mountains and the shore, plus I have friends all over the country and do try to travel when I can, though not often enough. I've told my husband that I'll consider moving to a new state slash area, etc. after my parents are both gone. If he wants to, they're both in their mid-70s, so realistically, I'll be blessed to get another 10 to 15 years with them. We live about 30 minutes from them now. He's fine with that clause, too, since we don't have any idea where we'd even move to. That said, I'm 35 now, and I found the best parts of my life have actually happened without me having any idea about my direction or where I'm going or what I'm doing, despite all of my efforts to try to know where I'm going and what I'm going to do next. (laughs) I was never one of those kids who had any idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. I knew what I liked, but not how to translate that into a career or even what career path I wanted to take. Unlike most of my friends, one of whom wanted to be an art teacher since we met in fourth grade, spoiler alert, she's an art teacher now. (laughs) That's so sweet. My career was something I fell into when I was desperately in need of a paying job, any job back in 2008. It was during the recession back then that I graduated undergrad early, of course, because I'm an overachiever. We get it. You're married. You graduated early. You're awesome. (laughs) So jealous. And started trying to go into the nonprofit marketing sector, right when every nonprofit cut that department. So I decided grad school was a good idea, you know, something to help bide my time before paying my crippling student loans, of which I hope that I'll die before paying off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I don't have student loans, dude. I think about it all the time. Do you have student loans? I still have them. I've deferred them. Yeah. Forever. We'll continue to defer. Yeah. Send this to the Department of Education. See if I care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I finally found a job that would pay while I was finishing grad school. A very poorly paid job, but it was a job. Desperate, I took it. That was how I would eventually wind up working in an animal shelter and falling in love with the entire field. I finished my master's while I worked there and have been in the veterinary field as a technician for just over 10 years now and have worked my way up into an ER ICU vet nurse. I'm actually finally working on my associate's degree in veterinary nursing since my degrees in English slash writing and communications, while great, don't teach me more about all the things I do now. Those degrees look really pretty on my wall collecting dust, though. Again, we get it. You finished. I was a communications major. My husband was also a surprise who came along when I didn't expect it. I was not interested in a serious relationship at all when we met. Well, I thought he was so cute and sweet. I didn't think much past that. I didn't think he'd even be around for more than a few months if we did date since I had a solid three months and breakup relationship (laughs) policy as I'd get bored after that. Am I the only one who went through guys like tissues when single? (laughs) Three months is... I think you sound efficient. (laughs) 
This man pursued me while we were friends for seven months. I was casually dating someone else during some of that time too. And he laid it on thick, which didn't endear me to him, honestly. Like I said, I didn't want a boyfriend, let alone anything serious. And I was quite serious about that. I'm still not sure how he wore me down, but he did. And around that three month mark, I realized I had somehow unknowingly fallen in love with him. I was so mad, not gonna lie about that. He was so happy about it. Nearly 12 years later, eight and a half years of marriage and a couple of cats, several rodents, and one <laughs> dog later, we're still together, still disgustingly adore each other. <laughs> and he still to this day loves to remind me that I thought he'd only be around for three months. <laughs> oh, here's an example of your intuition being dog shit. So sweet. <laughs> And he's uh, the two the two biggest things in my life really just fell at my doorstep, which frankly did suck along the way. I'm a planner with moderate anxiety. <laughs> I like all the details from the start or I'll get an anxiety attack. But looking back, it was 100 percent worth it. I'm not totally sure I can relate to those who ask people who have all their plans that work out either. Best and P.S. I know that you said you love long emails, so I sincerely hope that you enjoy this small novella. Blame the English degree. We get it. Uh, that was so braggadocious about your education. No, I'm totally kidding. Again, I feel so bad about the fact that I didn't finish college. Wow, that makes me feel better. See, here's a good example of somebody who did not plan anything. And everything worked out great. Mm -hmm. Just life is never what you think it's going to be. No. Sometimes it is, but usually not. No. And even if it's like something what you had almost envisioned, it's not quite that. It's just your version of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to like grab life and be like, you're going to do all the things that I want. And like, it just fights back so hard against you. Yeah. Life doesn't give a shit what you want. It doesn't. <laughs> and New York certainly doesn't. <laughs> Trying to plan things in New York is hysterical. No. Even the weather, even like, well, tomorrow it's going to snow. No, it isn't. <laughs> New York's like, oh, you think I'm going to snow? Fuck you. I'll do whatever I want. I'll do like a gross rain. How about that? That's my yes. impression of New York. I hate her. It was, it's nice today. I really liked it. Okay, here's a good one. It's also a good size one. My two cents on constantly thinking about how you look. Remember when we talked about that? Mm -hmm. So glad. I loved getting feedback on that one because yeah. I really am tired of it. Hey, Taylor and Brianna, sending an email really makes it feel like you're my landlord, but I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, by the way, can you fix my sink? I just wanted to chip in the little crumbs of knowledge I've gathered to the conversation about being self-conscious of your appearance. When Taylor was describing that going to see her grandparents was a brief moment of relief from constantly thinking about how she looks, it reminded me so, so much of how I used to feel. Like it truly used to be like a portion of my brain that was dedicated to constantly checking myself in a little stream of consciousness alongside my general thoughts. Now, a few years later, I definitely don't feel like I'm incredible all the time, but I do feel like I mostly have that part of my brain back and it can do other things now. So I wanted to tell you about the things that helped in case any of them make sense to you. The first thing that I did that really helped me was shave my head. LOL, not suggesting you need to do that. Okay, thank you. I was like, whew, this is starting off pretty intense. <laughs> But that was a nice experience because it forced my brain to accept that nothing bad happens if you don't look the way you think you're supposed to. 
Also, it showed me that even things I thought were extreme didn't actually matter to other people at all. People just get used to literally anything in a few weeks. True. I guess another way you could have that experience that's less of a commitment is by wearing things you think are fun, but also super ugly (laughs) and just committing to doing that for a while. For example, I have a pair of bright pink overalls that cut off just above my knee are too tight on the ass, too loose (laughs) on the stomach. I would lend them to you in the summer if I could, because you truly do just get used to the feeling of not looking correct Mm. when you've just been doing it for a while. And when it starts to feel normal, the thoughts about it do get quieter. I have seen, do you remember that trend on TikTok? I think there was a sound about it where there was like a girl who was talking about like her coolest outfits. She knew her outfit was cool when her like boyfriend thought she looked weird. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't it was hear something that. like that. Oh, Send it to us funny. if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool. And she's like, I know that I look cool when my boyfriend's like, I don't get it it's pretty cool my sister my sister's really good Mm. at at dressing exactly the way she wants wearing things she thinks are fun Mm -hmm. always looks great by the way i'm not like she looks ugly but she always wore things that when i was a teenager i was like what are you doing but then she would like make it work and pull it off and she's so comfortable with herself right that she just like she just always looks so cool (laughs) And I so envy people like that who are yeah. like, I thought this was fun, so I put it on. <laughs> yes. You know, like I wanted to wear a scarf around my neck. Like right. it's just, I don't know. That's that's how not adventurous I am. I was like, <laughs> a scarf. I was thinking about a little tissue one. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, a like from the fifties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little yeah, yeah, or like crazy earrings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it is a different thing. It's all that like male gaze bullshit. Too. Exactly. Okay. The other thing that really helped me was getting super pissed off about why I was wearing the why I was having those thoughts. Like for a while, I would hear myself think, "Is my mascara running? Slash, is my shirt tucked in weirdly? Slash, can they tell I didn't wash my hair? Etc. Forever, and tell myself, "Oh no, don't think that. Be kind to yourself." But that doesn't have much oomph to it. But when I heard my thoughts like, "This restaurant is too nice to have not shaved my legs," and I responded to them like, "I should be allowed to." fucking live and take up space and be a human being with a goddamn body with hair and fat and skin texture and that thought can get absolutely fucked that worked way better yes (laughs) that's incredible and like if you imagine the whole picture a sea of women walking around dedicating a constant portion of their intelligence to monitoring themselves and all the money they feel forced to spend on the correct outfits for events or the beauty treatment they need not the ones that give them joy but the ones they feel like they have no choice about and you think about how they could be using that intelligence and money and time and energy on enjoying their life more or working on something they care about but how all of that is basically sucked away from them slash you slash us. Then you can get really pissed off about it. And the thought that like, this isn't the right bra for this shirt really doesn't stand a chance. (laughs) I'm sorry that I couldn't work out how to say that more concisely. If you've read all of it, I really hope for your sake it resonated at least a little bit. At the very least, you can know that you're doing a good job on the podcast, that it motivated someone to write an essay email. Thank you so much for the honest conversations you both keep having there. A breath of fresh air, Natalie. Oh my God. I'm so glad you wrote so much. I was, all of that was so comforting and validating and great advice too. Yes. Because you do, 
that part about there's not a lot of oomph to, hey, don't do that. <laughs> Be nice to you. So true. Yeah. So true. I, I hate that getting pissed off about things is so motivating because, like, I want to be zen and chill <laughs> and just, like, it is what it is. Yeah. Be kind to you. <laughs> Whisper. But I, it's so it's so effective to it just really get mad is. and be like, I fucking shouldn't feel this way. Yep. I'm great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so motivating. I've been thinking about that a lot, too, of, like, Okay, well, does a man feel pressured to do this exact thing? Because if not, then I don't need to worry about it. I don't yeah. need to invest my worries into this thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I Some of them do. That's the hard thing about this business specifically, where you have to be on camera for stuff mm -hmm. or on stage and people are looking at you. You do kind of have to pay attention to how you look and, like, dress presentably or whatever. But you have to find your limit. Like you have to go, this is what I'm willing to do. I was talking to my best friend about this the other night where we were talking about like, here's where my line is mm -hmm. for, you know, spending money or time on my appearance. Like I would never do this. Mm. It's fine if other people do, but I can't. Right. Like that's where I draw the line. And here's what I would do. And I know other people aren't willing to do that, but I am. Right. And I think... In this business, regardless of your gender, um, you do feel a, a certain pressure to look a certain way, even if you're like a character actor or something. Mm. Like, I think if you are successful looking a certain way, people want you to like stay that way. Like when people get like mad at Jonah Hill for losing weight or something. I know. This is the most applicable example I could think of for men um, or even like actors who get work done mm -hmm. and then everybody's like posting about it or shitting on them everybody freaked out about zach afron when they were like did he get work done on did his he? face like everybody i have no idea i don't like, know if he did or i heard it was like just dental work like you also don't know right but you have to be on camera all the time if you're zach afron yeah so if you're having a day where you had dental work and your face looks different <laughs> like you have to go to work like right it's just like it it sucks that to have a job where a big part of your job is people looking at you. Yeah. I hate that podcasts have to be filmed now. They yeah. don't have to be, but it's just kind of the direction everything went. And so I know so many people watch these. Right. I don't watch my podcasts, so I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I only listen to podcasts. That's my favorite thing about podcasts is that <laughs> you can listen to them while you're doing other things. But I know people keep them on while they're doing other stuff or they they watch them like a show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think social media in general has made everybody think about how they look more. Yep. Not just people in um the entertainment space or modeling or whatever else. Like we're all on Instagram. We all have a Facetune app that yeah. we have to not use for evil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can Facetune videos. Did you know that? I didn't until I didn't very recently. That. Yeah, me and too. I was like, oh, you can tell this has been like a filter on this. And I was like, you put a filter on a video during the recording? Yeah. Like how does, I didn't, yeah, it's intense. It's so scary that you can just put makeup on your face with a filter now. <laughs> yes. And just look different. And you can't look at that stuff that often because you feel crazy. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh shit. Because some of it looks good. Some of it is like 
Yes. Oh, if I worked harder, I could look like this. No, you can't. <laughs> no. You have no pores on this filter. <laughs> I thought that was great advice. I'm so glad that we got that email. Mm -hmm. These emails are so good. I feel like we would be friends with absolutely everybody who writes in. I so appreciate you guys. This podcast has been so rewarding. I feel so connected to all of you. I got this sweatshirt out of it <laughs> from Brianna. I mean, honestly, worth it. Worth it. Um, please email us at sadinthecitypod at gmail.com. We love getting emails. I'm loving that this podcast is becoming such a community thing, yes. more so than just me like yelling about <laughs> how sad I am out here or in LA or wherever because it, it just it just feels like it's evolved it feels like it's evolved mm -hmm. like any project but it feels very like collaborative not just between brianna and i but with everybody who is listening to it and and communicating with us and sharing with us yeah you've been doing um a great job but i feel like you know there was one episode i think it was episode five where you really just like shit on me and I loved it. And you've been way too nice. Like I'm really? waiting for the, I need, I think I was I shitting on sass. you for being successful. I think I was just like, <laughs> I was like, fuck you for being a married business owner. <laughs> you are not relatable. You're better than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's uh, that's really just like a backhanded way of being like tell me how awesome i am it really is yeah. no but like, remember honestly. when you shit on me i'm like yeah remember when i told you how great you were <laughs> in a very aggressive way <laughs> well the star wars thing that was great i love it i need to oh, be yeah. checked like this okay hey there's nothing wrong with that i thought you made a good <laughs> argument for the star wars thing i've just never run into anybody <laughs> who didn't see the other ones i'm sure they're out there yeah right in people just, yeah join right in <laughs> follow us on instagram tiktok all that stuff follow me i should also start probably plugging my tour dates i realized i haven't been doing that i should be doing that i'm on tour guys all the time <laughs> ttomcomedy.com um i don't know when this is gonna come out probably march right this yeah. episode maybe the end of february um i have some california dates in march um off the top of my head i know that uh if this is the last week of february i'm in san diego this weekend mm -hmm. um so yeah check it out it's hard because we bank these so we don't know exactly when they're coming out always so i never want to be like i'm in pennsylvania this weekend and they're like that was three weeks ago you i got excited we um, keep uh trying to plug it in the show description in the youtube description um and also oh like, good thank you oh you're welcome and also make sure you are following us on instagram because when we need to update people that's where we go today people are like i'm trying to update it and, and i didn't see that you would post on instagram please follow us there because if there's any updates that's where we would go first yes yes thank you guys so much we love you we appreciate you and go get these sweatshirts they're pretty good again not an ad just very comfy Bye. <laughs>